1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDIC.
2: Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company.
3: Liberty riding jet flying, kids stealing and wheeling, dealing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Woo. Remember, Woo. all you women out there, <laughs> none of you can be first.
2: This is Knocking Doors Down with your host, Jason, here. Background of addiction and some uh, abuse uh, issues, and uh, with the mission of uh, taking my uh, life experience and Helping those of you out there listening to overcome any and all adversities you're facing. And of course, my devastatingly handsome, fabulously tattooed co host, Mikey Naraki. What is going on, people? Well, we got Ric Flair today for you guys on this episode, and it is phenomenal. Wheeling and dealing. And you'll hear not only Rick opens up about the death of his son, Reed, his alcohol abuse, which of course led to. Him being in the hospital, going into a coma, and also, we coined a new phrase, get yourself a Wendy, because he talks about the love of his wife, Wendy, and um, how much it's meant in saving him. That's right. Yeah. I need to find myself a Wendy. We all need to get ourselves a Wendy. We all
4: need, hashtag, find yourself a Wendy. (laughs)
2: Well, if we're going to get right into Rick here in just a second, but don't forget, you can go to the Carlosvierafoundation.org website, order those 51.50 energy drinks at a discounted rate with uh, all sales benefiting the Carlos Vieira Foundation and its three programs, the race for autism, the race to be drug-free, and the race to end the stigma. All right, Rick Flair for everyone.
3: Oh my gosh, gosh. it's Rick Flair. I'm gonna get this technology shit down. <laughs> <laughs> oh um,
4: man! Holy shit! My
3: stepdaughter is going into the FBI. <laughs> Normally she has to be at my side, but I've done I've done a couple of these recently, so it's all good. Oh, all yeah. right, on man. Damn, it's Ric Flair. Do I, need, do I need Do I need my Rolex on? Yes, do I- please <laughs> do. Please do. Let's see uh, it, man. Okay. <laughs> no, I, well, I have to Just got my wife here, oh. my, my manager, my agent, my controller. Oh,
0: there you <laughs> go. My
3: my everything. You're everything. Okay, should I wear that one? Oh yeah. The other one? Yes. Actually, that you was. should
4: mail that to me, Rick. I got to get a better look at it.
3: Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> shoot, a, shoot a message over to my uh, agent. <laughs> do i do I need tour we just cool without them
2: oh uh, <laughs> you do it you you style and profile however you wish good sir
3: oh, Woo! No, I'll, I'll be i'll be just natural, natural. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> Well, uh Rick, this is uh this is such a huge honor for us to speak with you.
4: Man, I didn't sleep. No problem. I didn't sleep. I'm talking to Rick Flair. Yeah, it's Rick. <laughs> I, I'm still in shock that he's here too, man. This right. is crazy. <laughs> well well let's just hey, hey,
3: a lot of people are <laughs> uh
4: Oh, uh, we are hanging
2: out with uh Rick Flair, Mikey, and uh, Rick, I just gotta tell you while we're recording this, tomorrow is my forty-second birthday. And if you had told, oh, well, congratulations, thank you, sir. If you had told six year old Jason that, uh, you know, at some point you're going to have a face to face with, um, sorry if I get emotional, one of your heroes, I wouldn't have believed it. And so this for me is just, oh,
3: thank you very much.
2: Amazing. I, I'm, I prob- I'm
3: honored to be here guys. I'm, I'm very honored you guys asked me to be part of it. So
4: yes, sir. Absolutely. And Rick, I'm if good I'm, I'm a- Don't,
3: you can ask me anything you want. Perfect. Right.
4: Perfect. Yeah. I gotta say, I've always been a fan of you myself. I love Rick Flair, but when you did your pep talk for the 49ers, that just set it over. I love this
3: guy. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, they ran me out of Charlotte after that. <laughs> it's all right, man.
4: The Bay Area will welcome you right on in.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm down I'm down here with the Falcons now, so it's okay. uh, uh, All right, all right. There you go. So uh
2: Rick, I wanna kind of, you know, we do, do of course want to talk on on your struggles and we're glad that um you know, you've gotten on the other side of the the health concerns, but I really want to dive back into uh to Little Rick cuz uh you know, you have you have an interesting story. Some folks may not know that uh you know, you were adopted.
3: Um, August, March 18th, born February 25th, adopted March 18th. Mm.
2: And what were your folk, your adoptive uh parents like? Uh your, your father was a doctor, the, right? The best.
3: Yeah, they were the best. And I uh, I feel bad that they were depicted has not been anything less than the best in my 30 for 30. Everybody's got a different take on it, but you know, I'm the only one that knows, I'm the only one that lived there, my parents were great. Mm-hmm. And I them not seeing me play football was a legit, or wrestle in high school, or track and field that often, was purely a logistic issue, which of course, that gets left out. I went to high school 300 miles starting as of January of my freshman year, 300 miles from Minneapolis. And my dad was a full-time practicing physician. My mother was the, uh, head of, uh, public relations for the Sir Tyrone Guthrie theater, which was the biggest contemporary theater in the Midwest at that time. And they worked.
2: Mm, yeah.
3: And it just wasn't like they could just blow out of town on Friday.
4: Sure.
3: And, uh, because back then when my dad was OB- OBGYN and when a woman had a doctor, she had her doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't have one of 10 guys in a group sure. that was on call. You know, the doctors were responsible uh, for their patients individually. And even though they did have partners later on, still it was just, uh, it wasn't the thing where he just, uh, you know, the guy on duty took your calls and took your deliveries and, surgeries yeah. and all that. So yeah, you know, my dad worked worked his ass off. And that's one of the reasons they weren't there more often. Yeah, I was, well, was because, go ahead. Sorry, Rick. I was gonna say I don't think they were crazy about sports like I was. Mm-hmm. But that had nothing to do with them uh you know um you know being part of my life. So there was no cell phones back then and
4: right.
3: You know, I talked to them once a week on a pay pay phone and it, it was just different. You know, when you go away when you're 15 years old, you know, things are going to change in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, their, uh, their relationship with me was, was, was great. They took me everywhere they could possibly take me as a child. And uh, we were very close. We just went our different ways. Usually it happens when someone goes off to college. It happened when I went off to high school.
2: So, mm, yeah.
3: But it was a school I had to go to because I was... Had brought on some problems to myself even <laughs> as early as 15. So,
2: <laughs> now was that the uh, the incident of uh, uh, getting the liquor at the liquor store?
3: Getting the liquor at the liquor store, yeah. And also, um, I was riding a motorcycle around a public beach when my parents were out of town and I got arrested for that. Nothing, nothing big, but it was one of those deals where first it was that and then, um, I had been at a at a slumber party with the guys in a car and uh and it called the sack and a neighbor came around the corner and one of the guys in the car sat down on the brake pedal and the cops came and I think I went down I think went to jail for that for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what it was called back then but <laughs> who knows. Uh, there was there were, there were several incidents that about my departure <laughs> <laughs> so obviously
2: you know it sounds like your folks had a great work ethic which uh, i mean oh my you're, god you're legendary for that do you think seeing them and even though there wasn't maybe that much time i know for me my father was a uh, owned a trucking company worked incredibly hard and that even though i didn't have a lot of that time i still carried that work ethic do you think their approach really had a big impact upon you
3: um I, I, you know, I, I don't know that that did as much, and, and I think this uh, would apply to anybody. It's really liking what I was doing for a living. Sure. Yeah. If you like something and you feel like you're good at it or have the potential to be good at it uh, and you want to be successful, which you hope everybody wants to be, uh, and you want to be the best, mm-hmm. You know, even if it's practicing law or practicing medicine or being an architect, you know whatever whatever your chosen uh, uh, field is, I think most people, I would hope, don't know. I don't know the same way today because things are so different in terms of how you get great. But when I was younger, to get great, you had to work. Yeah. If your name was on the marquee, you had to be there. 104 fever, torn rotator cuff, cracked C5 in my neck. I mean, I went to work. Jeez. But I'm not the only one. So, but Right.
2: Yeah, which I want that, to...
3: That, that C5 in my neck was rough, but I never missed a night. I would, I would just... They put me in tag matches where I just stood there. But, you know, I, it wasn't because I wanted to go. There wasn't enough alcohol to kill the pain in that, <laughs> that, that neck those okay. neck injuries man are brutal oh uh, i can only imagine but i, I lucked out it, it healed itself and when i when i cracked c5 in my neck i did the uh the technology wasn't such that they could go in and fix it like they can now so but it healed and uh um i've got some uh a little bit of uh atrophy in my left arm and my lat ever since but nobody ever Nobody even knew it. That happened in '89. So, right. but otherwise, I've been uh, just gifted as hell. My knees and everything, my back, even after the airplane crash. Right. You know, I, I I'm happy. I worry about bragging about it to people, <laughs> uh, because but you no, know, but since you're asking, I don't mind talking about it. It's a miracle.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
3: first they told the first they told me I would never wrestle, and then they told me that I would be an arthritic nightmare by the time i was 40 years old so um i've, I've avoided both I, I got back in the ring six months where i was supposed to and i have had knock on wood i even hate saying this but no arthritis nothing i feel great that's my that's awesome. that's one of my problems with that's one of my problems my entire life with growing up you know if you don't feel like you're 71 it's hard to be a 71 <laughs> well and i think it's especially, it's a m- mindset too I, right hey i you with a 28 year old wife.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well she
2: you know well, she is she is still gorgeous that's for sure <laughs>
3: oh yeah oh yeah uh. i'll send you, I, Give me your number. I'll send you a pick after we get off the line here.
2: You got it. Absolutely. Deal.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I had a major crush on her when I was a, a, a kid.
3: Hey, guess what? So did I. <laughs> uh, well, Rick, I want to I jump. Just forgot to tell her. I forgot to tell her I was married. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, shit. Slipped your mites. Okay, these things happen, Rick. Oh, oh, shit. God. Uh, so oh, she got
3: away from it. How oh, she got away from me for a whole year is a lot. That was a lot of going on. Really? <laughs> Google uh, Nature Boy, honey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Rick, let's jump back to uh, to college because I really want to talk about the point in which uh, you entered pro wrestling. Um, and, you know, and Vern, uh, Vern Gagne being such a mentor, of course, me is such a wrestling fan <laughs> and. You know, the AWA, you know, uh, how were you just kind of lost in college? It just didn't fit in, the academia? No, no, no,
3: no, I I fit in too good. (laughs) I I got rushed by about six fraternities and um, I just was overwhelmed with the social life. Not overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with it, but um, you know, when they sent me to Wisconsin where the drinking age was 18 you know, I had a, I had a phony ID when I was 15 years old, so that's one of the reasons that I that ID is the thing that got me. Uh, yeah, I was I, when I got the, the liquor thing with my parents. That was before I went away. That was after Wayland, hmm. right? After I came back with the phony ID at Christmas time, so um, that just reinforced my staying there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Um, No, I just got to college, and God, I tell you, the college life was, for me, it was, I've never seen anything like it, and I thought I was moving pretty fast, you know, going to Chicago on the weekend to see my friend Bruce MacArthur, his family owned the Blackhawks and the Bulls at that time. And, uh, yeah, the Wertz family is huge. And um, spending the weekend with him out in Lake Michigan on their, they had a 47-foot um, Chris Graff back in the day, you know, and they've got the 120-footer in Fort Lauderdale. But hanging around with Bruce and all our my friends that I made in private school, it just changed the whole temple for me. I, I wanted to play college football and um, was going to Michigan. I signed a letter of intent, and then the, my academic advisor would write me a letter would not write a letter saying he thought I could. Uh, What's the word? Predict the great GPA that would be allowing me to play. So then my second choice was Iowa. I went and spent a weekend with Eddie Podalack, and the say they needed that letter too, and he wouldn't write it from there. So and then I um, went home and I met uh, Steve Thompson, who is still up in St. Cloud, Minnesota had been recruited to play he was a year older than me he was playing football in minnesota took me to meet coach mcgee and then i went to minnesota as a non-predictor and and never predicted <laughs> 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 you know and back then i hate to say it but I, all you had to do was go to class right right you, you, you just had to be you had to make attendance and i just my our fraternity house was about two miles from campus, maybe a mile and a half. Thirty below zero. I just couldn't get myself to go, <laughs> and I love. I lived there, and it just. I was in Frontier Hall for a while, but as soon as I moved over there, I was I was good until I got in the fraternity house, and I just self-destructed. But yeah. it just just in terms of being just lazy, and then I I still had a chance. Probably would have played my sophomore year as a right guard, um, but they wanted me to go to summer school for uh, I think eight weeks, and I went for a week and I said forget it. I just walked outside and hitchhiked to Chicago and spent the summer in Chicago.
1: Oh wow!
3: And obviously my football career was over when I got back. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so at what point does uh, the college life end and and uh, You know, you have your encounter. I actually don't even know who introduced you to Vern.
3: I stayed there for a year after I was out of school. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) and uh, finally, I uh, um, got a job as a bouncer. Georges in the park, and I'm standing next to the cigarette machine, like you see in the old days, Mm -hmm. sitting on a stool and watch Campanera and the rest. That just changed my life. Ken was there training for the 72 Olympics. Okay. So that was the, I went to college, I graduated in 68. So I enrolled in 68. And that, well, right, I stayed there until till 71. I met Ken in 72. Hmm. And then uh, Ken and I moved into a house together with, of all people, Mike Goldberg, <laughs> Bill Goldberg's brother. Oh, all wow. world. <laughs> And, uh, Mike, Mike was playing in Minnesota too, didn't get drafted. So he was hanging around Minneapolis, you know, looking at different business ventures. And now he's very, very, very successful in the, uh, private airline business. So, yeah. um, so the three of us lived together and that was just, that's a great time. I, my dad got me a job as a central service orderly during the day over at Abbott Northwestern and with four hundred nursing students. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh. that's just another chapter. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, is it, that the shit it. we've
2: seen in movies is your reality. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. I went from living with with Mike and Patera to living with five girls that rent that rented from us. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, um, from there, Ken comes back from Munich with a bronze medal, and we start training with Vern. I got introduced to Vern, and and I mean, literally, it it showed my 30 for 30 documentary that I I quit once. I actually quit three times. Oh man, I I just it was so intense and so hard, and I was 300 pounds. Ken was 300 pounds because I was actively powerlifting back then
2: mm-hmm. right
3: you know trying to be like Ken Patera, which was never going to happen but I was attempting it right and uh you know I just had seen wrestling on TV and thought I can do this you know and but the conditioning part of it about killed me you know literally to, to do to run 2 miles and do 500 free squats 200 pushups and 200 crunches or sit-ups, right? It would take me over four hours. Oh, Mm. shit. And we we wouldn't do anything until we got done. I mean, literally, you can imagine. Maybe even five hours. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: So if I arrive out there at noon, I haven't even gotten in the ring, which is in a barn, in 30-degree weather in November, right? right? Even colder. And I haven't even completed the free squat. And after the first day, I couldn't walk. So I just quit and he came and got me. And then I, I went back and maybe lasted three days and quit again. It literally took me two months, patera and I both, we, we could run that two miles and all that, you know, in, 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 in a two hour period, You, know what you mean? but I mean, it's still, you know, I've gotten where I could do 500 squats now in less than 20 minutes when I'm in shape mm. But back then, man, I couldn't even it just it, you try it sometime. Go out and run two miles. I don't know where you guys live, but even in the best of the nicest weather, and then do five hundred free squats and then five hundred uh or, or two hundred push ups and two hundred squats. It's a lot. You know, yeah. and they until we could do that in a time frame that he was happy with, actually after the second after the end of the first week we just had to run a mile he did slack up the 2 miles much. Uh-huh. I think he figured out none of us could do that in in, in any in any time frame so right, um,
4: right.
2: now was that verns way of out, just trying,
4: trying to r- was that verns way of trying to wash people out
3: He wanted to see who had it
4: yeah <laughs> i think 2 miles would take right. me about a week and a half <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I keep in mind this is not a track this is across street Right. On his farm, right? Yeah, this is up and down hills. Are you kidding me? I mean, I just, I got no problem telling anybody because people tell me they can do it right now. You know, tell me, show me.
2: Yeah, I, I can't buy a hundred
3: thousand dollars. If if someone hasn't done it, I got a hundred thousand cash on me right now. It says they can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, We were ready. We had no idea that we're gonna be doing that stuff. So um anyway that's how i got going and once i got in, in then we got in the barn and they spent another month trying to discourage us any way they could you know through roughing us up and then finally the last month we spent and uh started to learn a little bit a little bit about wrestling and then it wasn't like it is now they just said uh, go out there and wrestle this guy for 10 minutes and who was your first, first match? George Gadaski. Okay. T- Ten-minute draw. <laughs> you were even yeah. doing Broadway's then? Yeah, for ten minutes. No no one told me who was winning or losing. Nothing. I mean, there was no winner or loser. Oh, wow. And I, I I can only imagine. I'm glad it's not on film. I can just imagine how bad that was because I was so nervous. And then nobody, no one told us back then. Right. So, you know, it wasn't until maybe six months that I was there that you, people started, you know, saying, gonna win, they're going to lose, do this, do that. They just, back then, he just believed that you had to go out there and, you know, with the idea that you might get your ass kicked, you might not, you <laughs> know, where you were thinking to yourself, can I hang with this guy or can't I, you know what I mean? a different way to start out in the business but if you think about it how many guys could do that now yeah not many
2: yeah i mean it's such a you know a, uh, that development system um that goes on especially for the wwe now where it's so hands-on and to me almost it you know it's it, it, you know as a as someone that grew up loving the business worked in it for two and a half mm-hmm. years as a ring announcer and, and tv commentator here in in california for a company it's it's almost disappointing because there may not have been a nature boy, Ric Flair, had that system been the way it is now.
3: Yeah, well, I, don't don't misunderstand me. They train hard and they condition really hard. Yeah, but they're not there to break you like they were with, with at, in my age group and with my Ganya was there to break you to see if you had it. You know what I mean? Right. And I I I, I totally would discourage that formula now because it's not. Um, you know it's be like um, we, we we're being trained like we're getting ready for the UFC
2: right
3: does that make sense I mean yeah, literally yeah. that's I mean and those kids I mean down in, in Orlando make no mistake they work hard but they're not broken to the point of, of, of being discouraged they're they uh, the good the good things they have are reinforced. And if the trainers and they're you know, some really good trainers down there, Terry Taylor, right. um, Norman Smiley, of course, Sean's there for the expert group or the highest level. So they really have some good opportunities and good trainers. Sarah Del Rey is great. But at the same time, they're there to train them, uh, uh, to encourage them and uh, to look for the best and look for the strengths. They're not there to discourage them, right? And and we went through that large time frame of discouragement, but that was the way the business it was really hard to get back in when I started. You didn't just walk in the door and say, "Hey, I'm ready to wrestle." You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, who else? Well, was that, Go ahead. Uh, not, not not with Vern Gagne, you didn't. Right. like that.
2: Who else was in that with you? Uh, you, Because Ricky the Dragon Steamboat trained with you. Was there any other individuals?
3: He was was a year after me. Oh, he was a year after you. Okay. But but he was part of that whole thing. He was uh, um, in the building. Vern had moved to a building, uh, which I just saw a little bit, where we we went up and down the stairs carrying a guy on our back and that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. We I was in the camp Edit of that. I've done that when I was there. But I didn't do that as much as a, we did the outdoor two month the mile run and the free squats which Ricky did, you know, the they all did the five hundred free squats That was just a present prerequisite. But um yeah, Ricky Steamboat in my class was Kaz, the chic. Mm. Um Kosrol. Um <gasps> Only weighed 180 pounds. Then Jim Brunzel. Oh, wow. Ken Patera. Um, Jim Brunzel, Ken Patera, um, Bob Bruggers, who uh, played for the Chargers, the Dolphins, and was a a three-sport uh, University of Minnesota athlete, football, basketball, and baseball. Holy shit. At the university, so he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, Bob was also in the plane crash with me, and it right let it didn't paralyze him, but he could never it could never do anything. I don't even think he could play golf again, which oh, yeah. probably had to bother Bob the most. Um, but uh, and Greg Gagne, yep, the class that. But a steamboat was with Bob Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, the, yeah. the class after me. Yeah, but we did we did do some of that stuff in the building. But I thought the stuff in the building was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> that, that outdoor training, man, in, in Minnesota in November—jeez, the absolute shit, awesome. huh? Yeah, absolute.
2: So, Rick, where Jumping is it?
3: Jumping off a score, so. <laughs>
2: What point is it where, you know, you're in your wrestling career and. You know the nature boy persona. You know starts to uh, to develop. Of course, you know people know that, y- and you've mentioned it not being the original nature boy. But was it pre the pr- plane crash, or was it after when you came back? After the plane crash,
3: I was the nature boy. I just didn't have a name before the plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I was and I was still pretty heavy. I was two seventy. When the plane crashed and I went down to 180, right, and I never went, right. I never went back over. Uh, I think the highest I got was 240 after that.
2: Mm, yeah,
3: so a lot of that was the look and everything that I got that from Buddy. But uh, there only was the only one Buddy, Buddy Rogers. I I got to know Buddy a little bit, but he just you've seen pictures of me looked like a million dollars. And really, what made Buddy famous was. Aside from the fact that he was very difficult to do business with, was his look, and uh, Buddy was the first guy to do high spots.
2: Really, and,
3: you know, tackle, drop down, you know, all that. Remember? Yeah. And he did a strut. And uh, now I wrestled Buddy. I wrestled Pat O'Connor. I worked with all those guys. But uh, yeah, Buddy was. Um, he dre- I got. The- he dressed immaculately. I got that. I got that from Budrow. Even though I like nice no, clothes before that, it really. Seeing him and the difference between him and the other guys and their look and how he carried himself, that really was very motivational for me.
2: So after the the plane crash and when you you start getting back in the ring, is that when you're first finding the success as well as the excess kind of starts, or was excess prior to all of that?
3: Excess was prior to all that. Excess was probably started as in independent <laughs> college. <laughs> If we're being honest, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I can relate. I did college for seven years, Rick. I'm very familiar.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, I was in high, I was in high school for 13, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh,
2: so what? What point is it that then you know you're out on the road, you know, enjoying the excess, but. I always was curious with you because i know for me with my addiction is that um you know i grew up not really having a comfortable home life but even in adulthood been through divorce two kids i still don't really feel as comfortable with myself as i am when i'm working you know i've been in broadcasting for 20 years you know was it hard to just kind of come home settle down uh, you know or, or you know did,
3: did well that 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 you just said something that people don't really, i didn't go i didn't get to go home right we didn't go home back then even in the territory before i became world champion monday you're home at two in the morning uh you leave at two the next day so you sleep you work out you have lunch with your wife you see your kids for two seconds and you are gone jeez and you're working, and then on Saturday and Sunday you work twice. Right. You drive. You drive three thousand miles, sometimes more that week. And I did that uh, from '74 until um, until I won the world title in 1981. And then I started flying everywhere. But <laughs> I mean, I was telling someone the other day that I could be in. Uh, this was actually a, a, a week when I was a world champion. I was in Auckland, New Zealand, Sydney, Australia, St. Louis, and back in Tokyo, all in seven days. Goodness. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a lot of drinking <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of fun,
2: and a lot of and a lot of fun, a lot of women, yeah, you know. Uh, you make
3: friends all over the world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Space Mountain got its title for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. No, but I mean, that, you know, that's the way and they, uh, you know, that. I guess they have figured out a way to compute it. I, I, I traveled more than any other world champion. Uh, only two that probably traveled as much as me were Dory and Jack. Yeah. Because they they kind of paired them up and were when either one of them was champion that the other guy would travel basically with him, same match mm-hmm. um because there just weren't a lot of contenders that could wrestle an hour and dory and terry uh, uh dory and uh jack briscoe had such a you know such a marquee name the two of them just coming into your territory was a big match now crockett's territory had a lot of big individual stars anyway but you know most territories didn't have a guy that wanted to wrestle an hour and the rule was either you went an hour, you got beat. So a lot of times, I'm wrestling guys, really nice guys, and with ability, not not always great, but they're not ready to wrestle an hour, and yeah. it's a long night. But someone's not ready to wrestle an hour, so it's you know I I think I drank to celebrate. I think I drank from frustration. I think I drank. Uh, just cause I was having fun and I found someone to drink with. And if a guy, if I was traveling with someone, you know, that would used to stay at the eight days in, he was staying at the Marriott with me. You know what I mean, yeah. and, uh, it just, um, you know, I just, I just had fun. I mean, it, I didn't have time not to have fun. I loved being a world champion, but the first time I had it, I wasn't ready. And I, I think I was frustrated with my lack of, uh, experience and what I, I thought i was ready and i was so thrilled when they said you're gonna you know become the world champion but then i went out in the road wrestling guys that didn't have the kind of experience i had because i'd been groomed with wahoo and paul jones and mulligan and Steamboat right. and the anderson's and all these wonderful characters and wrestlers and then on my first night out i'm in west palm beach with charlie green <laughs> Who was just a, a journeyman guy, and in all fairness, to him a good athlete, but he'd never wrestled more than fifteen minutes in his life.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So, I was frustrated. I drew. I drew well in the Carolinas. I drew well in Texas and St. Louis, and in Japan, and Oregon. I did, but I mean, a lot of the smaller territories I didn't draw that well in. And you know, you're wrestling. You know, the guys look. To you, the guys in the territories think, "Oh wow, Andre the Giant's coming this week. We're gonna draw. Everybody's gonna be sold out. Oh, the World Champions come this week. We'll we'll be sold out, right?" Because Andre and I would go in at a week at a time, never together. But you know that's where that's where they booked Andre, right? And uh, it was just one of the reasons Andre drank so much. I mean, he just never had any peace, aside from the fact he, that he traveled like I did, but he. You know, Andre couldn't go anywhere without you know being recognized and without having people bother him. So, sure. no, what? but I just I drank and I had fun. I mean,
1: <laughs> right
3: up to right right up to the end, right before I got sick, I would say to Wendy, she said, "Why do you like drinking?" I said, "I don't know." I said, "But if I was up at the country club, it would be success. I would be. It would be acceptable, right? right? But sitting in the bar wasn't. Does that make Does that make sense? Yeah, that was the rationale. I was trying to sell her as she was shaking her head walking out the door. Okay, I gotta buy this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, He's just trying to he just trying to buy a membership of the country club and <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't golf. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sit up there and drink. Uh, Wendy hope- said we're not joining the country club for you to drink. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what was it like drinking with Andre? What was
3: that like? Oh, God, it was the best. Oh, man, I but can it imagine. Was, it, was, it wasn't a competition back. You didn't think of it like that. He could just drink. Oh, God. I can mm. imagine. <laughs> Goodness, Two and a half gallons of wine in a 130-mile trip, oh. one town to the next. Oh, Jesus. And then he'd send the promoter out to get some more wine <laughs> before he worked, you know? Yeah. Oh. I I've, I've, won't mention him by name. But it was one photo, one time that you're not allowed to drink in the dressing room. Boston wine or no, no Andre. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: speaking of the road, who are some of your favorite road uh, partners riding
3: the roads? Oh, I had, I had so much fun with uh, Arne Anderson and Tully and JJ Barry Wyndham um, Terry Taylor Ted DiBiase Henning Bobby Heenan. And later on, uh, it you know, in with evolution, I had fun, a lot of fun with Hunter and Sean and Randy and Dave. We didn't all travel together, but we you know we'd be out in groups sometimes, not the whole, not the whole group at one time, but yeah, I I, I don't think I've ever not had fun traveling, you know. Hunter yeah. uh, Hunter would spend more money on food than I would spend on booze. <laughs> <right? So>. uh. <laughs> Well, he's a
2: huge dude. I know. I've I met him one time, and I was like, we're about uh, yeah. the same Man, height. He and I was like, eat, holy
3: shit! Literally, I don't know if he eats steak for breakfast. I'm sure he does, but he could eat it that, that. I would see at least three New York strips a day.
4: Holy Jesus. goodness!
3: And uh. and I've seen I've seen him eat uh, a thirty-piece tuna sashimi plate. Yeah, I mean, he's (laughs) loaded up on protein. Yeah. But it's impossible to get more than a half a glass of wine down his neck.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rick, you brought up uh, a couple of names there, especially um, Kurt Hennig. What was it like, you know, I mean, we're obviously touching on your um, struggles with alcoholism for, you know, very, very long time and the the effects, but what was it like for you – losing friends like a Kurt Henning and there's been so many others for the the drug related matters um, and, and well, did, did you see it did you recognize it or was it something that was kind of they did a good job of hiding or
3: no no the drugs were prevalent I just uh, you know once again I'll go back to my parents my dad just told me I, I won't mention any names but I, I was in the business literally in Minneapolis for a week And they found that my dad was a doctor and I had three different wrestlers ask me to get speed. Right. Oh, wow. From my dad. So my dad wrote two scripts and looked at me and said, I'm writing this. This is the last one I'm writing. This was the first week I was in the business. Holy shit. He said, I don't know. I don't know who these guys are. I don't know if they're your friends or not, but, uh, I'm not in the business of writing scripts. Yeah. So, um, as a matter of fact he may have just written one the one stands out but I, I i had at least three requests so then my dad was a doctor everybody you know i I didn't, I didn't that was my my entry level into you know people getting prescriptions and all that but i guys i oh what i i'm not bringing up his name because you mentioned it but someone that had a lot of fun traveling with was roddy piper yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't leave hot rod out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I saw everybody doing everything. I just didn't do it. And I, I literally have been at parties where I just said, "Guys, I, you know, I, you know, don't don't put me in that situation because I won't I won't roll with it." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I'm gonna come, I can go. But you know, I don't do do whatever you want. I just not doing it. I drink, do whatever you want me to do. I mean, I'll do whatever I want to do but I don't start cocaine. I don't take uppers. I don't take downers. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's it. Drinking. Yes. And to excess, yes, but never any pills. So to be honest with you, I, I was, I was extremely, uh, bothered by it for a while because, but, um, coming from a medical family and, uh, I will still, you know, get in arguments with doctors that are treating me over something my dad would have told me.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, in detail would explain to me and that um, you know, and I'll argue this with any therapist that I have it's a whole different addiction, drinking and pills. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Whole different whole different level of safety too. Same would apply to steroids snorting cocaine and taking uppers and downers and drinking as opposed to just drinking. Sorry. Well, well uh, I'll call it the drug, but I mean, obviously I was wrong because, but that was my excuse to myself. And sure. I would, and I would plead that case to Wendy, but she, you know, that fell on deaf ears. Right. Yeah. But
2: well, as addicts, and I, and that's... I'm
3: very fortunate. I I know I'm very fortunate that she rolled that out with me so
2: yeah well
3: and and after my son passed away I drank more than I ever drank in my life yeah I couldn't
2: imagine um you know Rick because I I think I've seen you wrestle it has to be in excess of 30 times at least and um Mm -hmm. you know I remember watching Nitro when Reed and well and Ashley too Charlotte for those don't know her her real name and David and you know showing up on things and um I really I I couldn't imagine what you felt when when reed passed away because uh i mean i i, I know he, the love i have for man i know i the love i have for my children but i also i know he was you know proud to be your son
3: well he was my man I, we went everywhere together i took him to japan took him to europe national wrestling tournaments all over the country um I don't think a lot of people are aware of it. I don't mind discussing it now, but it had been going on for five years. And I just was, uh, I, I, I was guilty of watching, of of doing the same thing that Fritz von Erich did. And that was turning a blind eye to it. Mm -hmm. Because when I first heard about it, I didn't believe it. And Hunter mentions that in my 30 for 30. I called Hunter and said, there's no way. But there's no way my kid is snorting cocaine. Absolutely not. Do I think he smoked a joint? Probably has. Mm -hmm. No way cocaine. And no way steroids. Because, you know, he asked me. and I I say, you take steroids, you're done. I mean, it's a shortcut. It's at your age. You need to just work on your body, your core. Work out hard, you know, and that's all you're going to need, you know. You got my genetics. You're never going to look like Kerry Von Eric or Ricky Steamboat. Just get as strong and healthy and fit as you can. And the guy, he lived for fitness. He ate he, he ate me out of a out, out of house and home in <laughs> He lived by Hunter's book. Have you ever seen Hunter's book about bodybuilding?
2: I, ha- I, I haven't seen it, no. I I, never, I'm aware no. of it. I just From, haven't seen it. From years
3: ago, yeah. From 15 years ago, yeah. He read that religiously. And here, and here he is. It just, we fought it. I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it's hard to explain. If, if, uh, if Beth and I hadn't been divorced, we would have gotten divorced over it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, five years and you have no idea how much money, which didn't bother me the money at the time. You look back on it, you know, all the rehab centers and everything. And You know you 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 come to find out that it's not an addiction it's a disease right heroin is a, a disease yeah and it got to the point where i could it was like every six months and about that six month mark i would start you know and i but when he came back from japan i thought boy everything's great he's good to go and thank god wendy was there with me but he you know, the, the, not the heat, but a big part of it was Beth playing me because he was with me. And, um, that was a lot for me to swallow. I, I mean, I, I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't argue that he wasn't with me, but I also couldn't, uh, I couldn't lie and say that, uh, in this, this I I don't get a chance to say, which I'm glad I'm having an opportunity now, Um uh, Every doctor told me to let them, you know, kick them to the curve, let them bottom out. And that's the one thing I, I hold against myself as I would never t- tell them, um, I would never let them go. Sure. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, you don't have no idea what it's like. I'm not, I'm not sure the age of your children, but when you can't find your kid on his cell phone for five days and you know, he has a track record like this, you can only imagine the anxiety between his mother and I. Yeah, and Ashley was away in Florida for about a year of it and didn't realize. And I mean, it was just insanity. You know, you worry about him coming home, and they doesn't come home. Then you can't find him for five days. Then you call the police, and then you hire a private eye, and finally you find him in a house on the other side of town. And uh, Cops have to get a warrant or private eye. You pay him a thousand dollars. You break down the door, pulls your kid out. You don't know any of the other people, just a bunch of junkies, Mm -hmm. bring them home or, or go to the hospital. And I've seen that exact same drill five or six times. And the thing that were, that fell on me so hard is that night when I got back, I was watching, uh, with my friend, uh, Mac Patterson, who owns 35 Domino's in, in the in the Charlotte area. Real successful guy. But he likes NCAA basketball. We were watching the tournament, which, you know, is the same time as WrestleMania every year. Yeah. And we were at Del Frisco's, and he said, I'm going to go back to the hotel because I, I was staying at a place. I was in, be- in between. I was getting divorced, and I was moving to another location. So I had packed up and rented a, two suites on top of a hotel f- for about a month and because uh, I hadn't moved into my new place yet and I was just starting um, I think Wendy did I have been dating about three months then or four months. No, no. God, in yeah, at the end of 12. Well, about six months at that point. Okay. And so Wendy had come to Charlotte. We were going to go to an independent show, um, two independent shows where the guy was gonna pay Reed a thousand a night, money wasn't the issue, right? We're gonna go together. Then we're gonna fly from there to New York for WrestleMania. Ashley's gonna debut on NXT. And I walked into the room and he was, you know, just kind of acting like I've seen him a hundred times so i laid him down in bed and I, I came back i said wendy i said this is i this is it i can't uh you know i'm not going to call the police because the, it becomes you know right to all the whole world's upside down yeah. and they've they've done it for me five different times check them in under an alias uh once we had to helicopter them across town and uh and it was my fault i made the call i said well just Ride it out, and in the morning I'll just tell him that, you know, he's got to figure it figured out on his own. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I went in to wake him up in the morning, and he was gone.
4: Oh, shit.
3: Yeah. So you know, should I have called? I uh, don't. I don't know anymore. Okay. I I I battled that guy for for years. Then he yeah. was talking. It, it, it wasn't out cold or anything. He was just you know mumbling, talking, and. Between Del Frisco's and there he got on something. It's a thousand different theories, but if somebody came to see him, he, he snuck out. Right. Whatever. So But <sighs> you wake up to that and then you gotta figure out how to make it through the day, right? And then you gotta figure out and the only way that I could figure it out was to drink.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick, we we had a gentleman on one of our episodes that um, he got really into it with me on on my use. And he said, you know, your, your addiction, your disease, it's, um, me, you know, I mean, he really broke me down. It's a, it's a coping mechanism and, you know, I can, um, I can just hear the hurt of it. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. I know it's, it's a challenging and no, and no, I I, I don't
3: mind. I, and I'll, I'll be sad talking about the rest of my life, sure. but here's the thing. Um, I don't know that, um, you know, I don't know that um, that you know it was ever gonna change. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, the hurt never goes away. The change, the hurt, the blame. Um, I'll take I'll take the blame. You know, I'm the one that brought him back from Japan. He wanted to go to WrestleMania so bad. You know, and to see Ashley, we were all excited. Yeah, and Wendy, Wendy is so respected by everybody. It was. She loves going, and it was just uh, one of those deals. I just, I mean, I literally, I I started drinking it that morning, and I didn't quit until I went to the hospital in 2017. Yeah. It, it wasn't a discussion every day. It was a discussion every day for three years, but then it, it gets away, and you get away from it, and, you know, there's always going to be somebody that'll bring it up once or twice a week, and then you relive it, and then something will come along to remind me of it, and it's just it's a hardship I would never wish on any family.
2: Yeah, not at all. Well, um, and you know, yeah. some of our listeners have definitely you know faced it, and so hopefully they know that you being uh, so open and sharing that that they're not alone, and and you know, life does and has no, to, no, to move it forward.
3: Just, it and... is, it, it'll, it'll, you run out of excuses and run out of reasons and wonder, wonder, you know, to to guess which was right or wrong thing to do. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Uh, it's one of those no-win
2: scenarios, I would think.
3: That, and there isn't for a family either, you know. I had a friend, uh, a lawyer, big time in Charlotte, who is uh, – he and his wife were very close and the year after their daughter died in the car wreck, they were divorced. Uh-huh. And I always thought to myself, I fell back on that thought when it happened to read, because it's very tough to coexist. If there's, if there's a way to try and blame it on the other person. You know and I mean, yeah. So, uh, and obviously I'm the, it, it, it happened on my watch. And so I'm responsible, but, um, I also was responsible for being his best friend instead of being his father. And by that, I mean, you know, all these doctors, I want to see, I'd have to see it, them practice that in real life to believe they can do it, but kicking him to the curb and, and you know, what? If, if I found, found him on a street corner, I'd have killed myself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Someone had called me and said they found him in an alley then how would I have dealt with myself? Yeah. So.
2: Well, I Rick, just, it, um, is it, I, I was wondering if you would share, it because I think it's a touching thing of, of what you left with Reed in his casket and what Vince McMahon did for
3: you. Well, um, I gave him my hall of fame, you talking about my hall of fame ring? Yes, sir. From 2008. Yeah. That's all. That's all he wanted to be. And, um, are you talking about replacing it? Yes, sir. That that was Hunter.
2: Oh, it was Hunter, okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got to Orlando to see Ashley NXT and Hunter said I need to talk to you. And um I I didn't know. I thought maybe you know something was wrong and uh pulled in the back room and he had uh my two thousand eight ring from when I retired as a uh singles performer. Mm-hmm. Um, he had it engraved, and it, it's the only one I wear now. The other one, um, I don't wear that much. Um, and it said uh, "Read Flair" oh, with man. the date. So I've got that. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Can't put a price. Can't put a price on that. That oh, was, man. that was Hunter. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a big deal.
2: Yeah, and that that uh love of friendship you know when it transcends businesses um that's invaluable
3: it is guys you have you have no idea you know it's like there's nothing you can't um and i'm not saying it gets she's sitting here but if i had been with wendy in 2013 I'm sure I would kill myself. Uh, I don't mean with a gun. No, I don't mean with a gun. I yeah. just meant I. I would have. I was. I was really lost. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: And and she was there. Some days she'll write a book. I'm not worried about her being rich when I'm gone. She'll be rich.
1: <laughs> she writes a
3: book about her taking care of me. Hell, I, I want her to go on Cameo and on. And charge $5,000 for a two minute short story on Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I I'm Everybody knows all the nerds you did. <laughs> they want to know how you survived it.
4: <laughs> and you're on Cameo now, right? I am, yeah. You are, yeah. I saw that.
2: Oh shit. I
4: just
3: got two while
4: I was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna take a pause? And go ahead and go real
3: quick? <laughs> and, uh, uh. No, I paid those babies out, man. They're fun, but God Yeah, the people are so nice that Martin's a great guy. Uh <laughs> yeah. Now, um Yeah, no, I'm just lucky I have Wendy, man. I mean yeah. between that and staying in the room with me, staying in the room. 31 days of icu and never left
2: uh, that you woman know,
3: telling doc t- telling doctors what's up yeah if she didn't like what something was going on yeah the only problem was that is that she would she was just a practicing lawyer and now she's a practicing physician <laughs> and no matter what the doc no matter what the doctor tells me if it doesn't fly with her, it doesn't work. <laughs> I gotta find myself we're argue, a Wendy. We're we're, 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 <laughs> uh, we're arguing over my, uh, my 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 testosterone level. We <laughs> <laughs> hey, she, Rick, she, I, she likes it. She likes it down in the low 20s what has not even alive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we've. Uh, Coined a new phrase: yeah. Get yourself a Wendy. Get
4: yourself
3: a Wendy. Yeah, yeah. I need a Wendy. Get yourself a Wendy, right? That's Jeez. that's a new
2: phrase. Yeah. We are we are going viral with this. Get yourself hey, a Wendy. I ta-
3: hey, let me tell you something. If I had, had Wendy when I retired from the business as my agent and manager, God only knows where I'd be. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, she has learned it all, man. There ain't nothing gets by her. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's per- zero. <laughs> Uh hey uh Rick. She, she even gave me my own credit
1: card. Oh Lord. <laughs> American, American Express Wendy. She got a black card with no limit. Oh She nice. got me she got,
3: she got me a training car with a two hundred dollar limit. <laughs> with my name on it. <laughs> uh,
2: she knows you well.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for jumping on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: shit! Hey, uh, Rick, uh, real quick, because it's one of my favorite matches of all time, um, and uh, you know, there's very few matches that I can have any recollection of uh, bringing me to tears, and that would be um, your WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, your re- retirement yeah. match. Um, what What did that that you know mean to you as a performer on that grand stage? And, and with you know, for me. People always go, greatest in-ring performer. I go, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. I don't know. Flip a coin depending on the match, you know.
3: What, what did that mean to you? Well, first of all, it meant the world to me. I didn't realize how big it was going to be. You never do till you walk out. I didn't even know if Orlando was going to be like. I thought I came and retired in Orlando. That was a so-so town for me. I was there a lot with Dusty and all that, but, not, you know, you know, when when, that, when this falls on you, for me, everything with wrestling is real.
2: Yeah.
3: Which has been a problem my whole life. The Hall of Fame to me is my Hall of Fame, I don't care what it says it's the greatest retirement weekend. And I've got friends in the Football Hall of Fame, basketball, baseball. I don't think anybody's had a weekend like that, if you look at it in the entirety.
2: Yeah.
3: I talked way too long on my induction of speech, but then they had that moment with Sean and I didn't know the fans would be like that with me. And then raw the next night. I mean, who gets that in the business? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Who, who does? Yeah. And, uh, I, 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 was lucky enough to, and, uh, you know, I I've admitted this, I have no problem with it now. I would have never gone back to work if I didn't need the money. Right. But I was, um, you know, I was eligible for my retirement at 59 that year I retired, mm-hmm. but I, paying free people alimony at one time, <laughs> you know, it, it, it literally, it was killing me. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so to go to get, to get a big P to get a big payday to, to work up 58 days a year, I, I did it, but I, I hate myself for it. I've told Vince that after they have that send off, um, it was just because of you know, I, I was just financially I needed to get, I needed some cash coming in, because I was going through anything that I had in retirement like right. like crazy. Right. Yeah. That's. So, um, hey, those, those, those are bad decisions about brought on myself. That is, I I can't blame that on anybody else but myself. Yeah. Well, just, and that's just thankful. That, just just thankful that Wendy came along.
2: Yeah. Well we're thankful she did too uh, but it's you know you do mention the, the 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 tna stuff which actually i was showing mikey the other day he had never seen it your work with Jay lethal which yeah I, that even, was fun it was it was so great it, you know and that's the thing i always that that why rick flair had me right here in my heart every time was because you yeah. were always so passionate and you just seem so incredibly oh, I in the hard. moment. i
3: just yeah i just yeah you know, i can't for me I had a chance to get to know AJ, who I've become pretty close friends with. I became very close friends with James Storm. Kurt was there, Sting was there, um, um, Kevin Nash for a while, Kevin yeah. I'm close to. Um, so it was easy. It wasn't like I was not having fun.
1: Mm-hmm. It yeah.
3: all came along, you know. But it, but it was just, you know, they had to send off my head, and then I felt bad. and you know, they actually thought they could go up against Vince. And I said, I told Hulk, I said, Hulk, I, <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, I mean, I, I just said, you know, Martin, you're gonna, this is going to be another WCW 10 times a disaster.
2: <laughs> right.
3: And as you can see, we did it one week. Right. I mean, that was it.
2: Yeah. So,
3: okay. But I, I've apologized to him since and told him that, you know, I realized not that he holds it against me because he's, It's not like that, but, you know, you never like to disappoint someone that's done so much for you. And that would be the entire family. My whole career, the McMahons have bailed me out of shit and they've been there. And uh, I'll tell you something else that I was telling Shane on Monday night. His dad FaceTimed me, even though I wasn't awake, I was in a coma. FaceTimed Wendy literally almost every day. Wow. With Mark Crono Wow. To see how I was doing. Humpy damned. So I mean that that's at the end of the day that those are the kind of things that you think of,
4: yeah. of
3: later in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just hope to be with him for a while more.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. My daughter is I'm so proud of her. She just
2: Ashley's doing aside, amazing. Aside, Charlotte, aside for those from, who don't know.
3: Yeah. Aside from this the stuff with Sean. Uh, you know, which was the greatest part of my career so far, the, the greatest part has been to see her, you know, rise to the level that she has where she just, she's in such a special place, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Uh, in it, terms of ability, yeah. So.
2: Well, and what does it mean to you as a father to see your daughter break some, um, not gender bias, but, I mean, headlining WrestleMania, uh, you know? I would have never have thought well, I would have seen I, that in my lifetime. Yeah, I
3: know. And you know, and you know what, uh, I'm sure she'll do it again. Oh, I don't but, doubt. Uh, yeah. When the girls came out, was the last, I think two weeks ago was the anniversary of the, the five years and that uh, she's never missed anything that whole five years. So, um, and, uh, and she, um, doesn't like sitting on the sidelines now, but, um, um, if you know if it was something that needed to be done, and she'll be back, and she'll be better than ever. But to be, to be that good, I mean, she's her. Anything that I ever, ever accomplished is is she's overshadowed, and you know, to taking that step, and she's got the whole world ahead of her forever. Yeah, yeah. couldn't be happier for that. And and you know, guys, you can look at it and say, well, that happens. That, it doesn't happen in our business very often.
2: No, because there's so yeah, many exactly. that have tried.
3: Yeah, and and for me to still be here with her along that road, that never happens. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For Wendy and I to get to go see her at events, and you know, uh, Wendy's got a place at Rosemary Beach, and they came to visit us there, and you know, those are the things. And Wendy's got one daughter left, so we'll be home. We uh. We got so Wendy, Wendy's over here bringing her tears to her eyes. <laughs> All her girls are gone except for one. Oh, man. Um, you know, um, yeah, one's going to be at Gainesville this year. Uh, one's going to UF. Uh, her son's at Auburn, and the one that's going in the FBI will graduate May, and then she heads towards uh, Quantico. That's so, awesome. And then little one, the little one will be here. Summer will be with us. I and uh, then she's she's ready to kick ass now. So. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be the next Wendy.
2: <laughs> uh, I love
3: it. So Rick, after you yeah. got out of the out of the hospital,
2: um, you know, and sobriety seemed like the only necessary thing to do, um, did you ever get involved in any sort of programs, AA, NA, or was it just the support of Wendy and loved ones?
3: No, I just had to quit drinking. You either figure out you can't do it again. And then, like me, you try to talk every doctor in the world into a reason why you can. Yeah. And they all go, "Yeah, you can have beer. A beer, a beer." <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's no fun. <laughs> so, and then, and then, actually, I went a whole year and like sixteen months, and never had anything. And then Wendy had. We got married at Rosemary Beach. It'll be two years, the twelfth of uh, September. Right. And at the wedding, I had three glasses of champagne, and I went upstairs, I had an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. thinking I was going to die that night oh, from drinking the champagne. So, you know, now once in a while, here are the exceptions of the rule. When I get to go to the SmackDown or Raw, I will have a couple of drinks, beer, beer, wine, right? Mm-hmm. If I see Charles Barkley, I for sure I'm gonna have a. couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh and, shit! Uh. And and Wendy, about once every three weeks, she has what we call her wine day. <laughs> uh. That's especially. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I dig it. I can't tell you any more about that thing. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Uh, Mikey, Uh, anything else for Mr.
4: Flair before we get to some rapid questions? I was going to say, let's get to the rapid questions.
2: All right, Rick, we've got some uh, rapid questions we're going to throw out here to uh, wrap up for you. Uh, If a movie was made about your life, who would play you? Who would you like to have play Rick Flair in a biopic? Uh,
3: I like Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. I like uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I like Bradley... Well, she said it was Max McConaughey. I've never met him, but of course, I, yeah, wouldn't be thrilled. But, um, you know, it's uh, the Wahlberg character. Is so, you know, Mark, I've only met Mark a couple of times, but he, he he's a pretty aggressive type guy. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
3: And, uh, um, yeah. But any of those guys, I'd be flattered. Um, it's got to be, a, you know, a guy that knows how to, you know, Lay it down. Oh, shoot. I'm too young to teach in the role.
4: <laughs> I'm too old. Oh, <laughs> Rick, shit. I got one for you. What are your pet peeves? Give me some pet peeves of yours.
3: Sports announcers that don't know what they're talking about. Okay.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. If if, if these guys that, that have You know, I mean, I'm not going to list their names. There's three of them that drive me crazy, but I really feel like you have to have done something, something athletically in any way, shape, or form to comment on the decline of people's skills. Sure, yeah. Or or decline on, or this age stuff. I mean, I really... I really struggle with the guy that goes oh and i'll give you roger clemens as an example right oh man roger's thrown in the low 90s now he's done the next day roger has 20 strikeouts (laughs) Does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. i'm really i've only met him once i loved him he treated treated me like a million dollars i'm really hoping that tom brady kicks everybody's ass this year
4: that would be a pretty cool story I hope he does well. I hope Jimmy Garoppolo does better. But, you know, that's just me speaking. Not going
3: to happen. Uh, Porn star Jimmy, forget it.
2: <laughs> Porn
3: star Jimmy G, baby. Porn star Jimmy. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I love it. Uh, speaking of ad- I, do, I I do like that handle. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> well, bringing up athletes, Rick, what has it meant to you to have not only athletic teams, but even like uh, hip-hop culture has kind of, uh, you know, kept the, the, the nature boy, the icon alive? What I mean, you've had a song written about you that has uh, over 300 million views on YouTube alone. Someone
4: just got a chain with you as well, right? They had a chain. 300.
3: Three hundred and sixty-four million. <laughs> you, you know what it means to me? I mean somebody else negotiating a deal. <laughs> I tell offset it all the time. Oh, Jesus shit. Christ! <laughs> I didn't realize how I didn't realize how YouTube works. <laughs> a little
2: bit of royalties on that one, huh? Right? right?
3: No shit. <laughs>
2: oh. oh
3: God. No, all, 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 all that Offset has done to me is make me spend a hundred grand more in jewelry to keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, shit. Uh, no, all, all those guys. I, I talked to Snoop, you know, a couple months ago. He just, you know, when Snoop on my 30 for Thirty said I had such an influence on their culture, those are the kind of things you can't buy You put a price on, you know? Sure, sure. When he get when you get inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he talks about all the guys, and he ends up by saying, and "I can't leave my brother out, man. The guy that brought so much to our culture." And I, you know, it, it 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 for all the things I've done wrong, I just I'm so glad that I made those guys happy. Sergio Brown, limousine ride, jet flying, <laughs> we did that stuff with with <laughs> Sergio and it was with the Colts and. You know and from there I've I've talked to the Falcons, the 49ers. Um probably going to talk to the Falcons again this year. Just love sports, love the athletes. Um you know there is no color in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I I never thought about it, never seen it. Mm. Um and I just um I just want everybody to be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, as and, and as someone that's seen it all, the, the the highs and the lows, I think it's just really important for everybody to just to say, guys, hey, time out. Let's just let's let's just love each other. because yeah. mm-hmm. really you know what I mean? Life, life life's too short.
2: Yeah, life can be absolutely way too short. Amen to that. Yep. I, I tell yes. you. I know for me I had to do a lot of amend making and I, you know, it's like listening to uh, JR on his uh, podcast with uh, Conrad. Uh, yeah. Uh, which we're going to be advertising this episode with Conrad, actually, on JR's uh, podcast and um, okay. something to wrestle with. Like with JR. Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, with Bruce. Yeah. But what JR said that for me has stuck with me is, um, you know, after his wife Jan passed and those kind of things that occur, is mm-hmm. leave the baggage at the door.
3: You talking about anything negative?
2: Yep. Yep, any of that yeah, stuff, of carrying it, yeah, there, harboring there's
3: no, it. There, 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 there's no time for it. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. You know, when, you, when you've when you suffered, and, you know, I was with uh, Jim when he met Jan. Really? So I was there the whole, I've been, I was there for the whole thing. I saw it develop, and then them start dating, and uh, was very close to Jan. both of them. You know, I couldn't wait to see her here at WrestleMania, Jan was a special kind of person, and she understood Jim. And you no, know, she didn't put the brakes on anything. She understood that he liked working and being part of the business; that it was his life. Very similar to Wendy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard, and I'm sure I'm not just saying wrestling, but I think when you travel and you, you know, you you're in the public eye, it takes a special kind of person to just, you know, walk off and do your own thing. With with Wendy. If I'm doing something that, that, um, requires some um, or worse, Wendy's over buying a Chanel purse. She <laughs> shit what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And, and with her own credit card. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to talk? You want to talk for a while? I'll see you in a couple hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Especially in the Vegas. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mr. Naraki, anything else from Mr. Rick
3: Yeah. I, I told her I saw a brand new 750 BMW she might like. She said, if I want it, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. there, ain't no, there ain't no asking shit around here. All right.
4: <laughs> Rick, there is one more thing, man. We got the nature World. She's going to be now. on
3: Cameo. You can call her for what? For for. Uh, marital advice oh <laughs> perfect perfect
2: <laughs> hey hey wendy if you can hear me in earshot whenever i here get the, right here w- whenever i get in this <laughs> hey, wendy whenever i get in a serious relationship we're gonna hit you up again because i i need a woman that can understand my awkwardness so if you can do rick you can coach anyone for me if i can do rick i can do
3: anything <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
2: Because, <laughs> hey, we have coined a new phrase, get yourself a Wendy. We're get making this go viral, Rick. This is going you know, out you know, there.
3: You know, what, you know what she just texted me? <laughs> what? This has gone over an hour, so make sure you double up on the charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, she... <laughs> Oh, She's I love it. it. She's the agent from hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: you got to be on
4: it. <laughs> woo! Rick Flair. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We have Rick Flair in here. You got to give it to me one time, man. Let's hear it.
3: Let's hear it. <laughs> Liberty ride, jet fly. Kids stealing and wheeling dealing. <laughs> woo, woo! Remember all woo. you women out there, none of you can be first. <laughs> but multitudes of you. For these two young gentlemen, could be mixed.
1: (laughs) 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 Woo! Woo!
3: I love it, man. I love it.
2: Uh, I don't think we can do anything more, I think, on that note. Uh, Mr. Ric Flair again, you know, like I said, tomorrow I turn 42, and um, I can't think of a cooler birthday present, you know. I've been such a fan of a long long time.
3: Hey, you're just a kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Miss Wendy. When he
3: says, Happy birthday. That's all. Don't be sending me any pictures, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, you guys take care, okay? Thank right. you so
4: much for your time, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Any
3: more questions you want? Go ahead and ask me something serious. I know what you want to know. <laughs> I never mind. Uh, are, we I, talking about the Rolex I are we talking
4: about the Rolex it, still? Are we talking about the Rolex still?
3: I'm trying. You got it right here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit.
3: Love you guys. Love Love you, Rick. Thanks again,
0: brother. Knocking doors down. Real people, real stories, real life. Real discussions of life struggles, including addiction, relationships, finances, and more. But even more importantly, living with them, overcoming them, and conquering them. Celebrities, experts, and everyday people talk about how they were able to break through whatever life handed them by knocking doors down. New podcast episodes are available every Thursday. Subscribe now on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or at kddmediacompany.com
4: woo the nature boy himself Mikey what a fun interview man I love that guy yeah that uh, guy was dope he was just you know really just he was like stoked to be there you know he was man. really in the moment just having a good time just doing it
2: yeah it was a real pleasure and honor to speak with uh, one of my all time heroes the legendary Ric Flair and have him uh, share his story and be transparent, uh, you know. So for anyone that's out there, maybe struggling, if you you know got something good out of that for sure, because uh, man, what a life he's lived—that's for sure.
4: Well, not to mention, I'd be as happy as he was too if I had a Wendy.
2: Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Hashtag get yourself a Wendy. Well, folks, we got many great more interviews coming your way, and uh, don't forget that uh, you can subscribe to us, of course, on Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or by going to kddmediacompany.com and click on the podcast link. So we appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening, and uh, spread the word. Don't forget to follow us on social media, also by searching "knocking Doors Down. Anything else, Mr.
4: Naraki? Yes, find yourself a Wendy. Everybody have a good one. <laughs> on that note, keep knocking Doors Down.
0: For more info
1: and to get involved, check out Carlos Vieira Foundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to To ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors.